All right, welcome back. This is take two. We're all getting a good laugh because we just did about 30 minutes of content and Jordan hadn't hit record. So welcome to another episode of Affirmative Faith. Uh, I don't know if this will be better or worse than the first take, but nobody will ever know because we didn't record it. So uh, today we're going to talk about um, the man's role in the home as far as personal Bible study and and family worship and, and just, just in general, like being a man and, and our own, manage our own relationship with the Lord as far as studying the Bible, and then leading the home. And so I got I got some guests here with me. Uh, this all kind of came out of um, a men's conference we went to, uh, Snowboard Wilderness Outfitters, back in the spring. And uh, I think we were all challenged. It was excellent content. It was a great weekend. Um, but you – so these three guys in particular um, shared with me that, you know, they, they were challenged um, about, uh, you know, reading the Bible personally and, and trying to – do better about leading in the home. And so I just thought, man, let's have a conversation about that because I think there's a lot of men uh, that can relate to that, um, feeling a responsibility, but not necessarily knowing how to go about it, right? And so so that's what we're going to kind of uh, we're gonna talk about. And this is not an expert panel. This is not uh, – we were joking earlier. We could, we could all pick some guys that are, that are uh, more maybe uh, qualified to – to share this, but I but I, I picked you guys, you know, on purpose because I think that you know we can we can share about the process and the struggle and and just some honest conversation that I think a lot of a lot of guys can relate to. So, uh, why don't we start by just uh, let people know who they're going to be hearing from? Because uh, you guys are not professional Christians; you just don't get paid by the church, right? Y'all right. y'all go here and serve here and lead in different ways. But um, so yeah, let people know who you're, who you're talking to, Josie. You want to. Want to start us out? Yeah. Tell, tell a little bit about who you are and um, meaning like your family, how long you've been married, how old your kids are, how many you got, that sort of thing. Nick, if you could stop coughing, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Josie Ricks. I've been uh, married for 19 years to my lovely wife, Brooke. We have two kids, Tucker and Kelly Joe. Tucker's 17, Kelly Joe's 12. Wishes she was 17. Yeah, an acts like she. Yeah. 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 I work for a family-owned business here in town, Whitehead Concrete Pumping, and I've been there 22 years. So, I operate a big concrete pump. And if you, if, and if anybody doesn't know what that is, you should look it up. Uh, I didn't know what a concrete pump truck was until I met you, and I, th- I just thought it was the big concrete trucks with the concrete rolling around yeah. in it. But no, there's a pump truck, and it's quite the apparatus. So, Google it. You'll see what it is, and then you'll see them yeah. driving around town, and you can look for Josie's goatee in the window and honk your window. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've been uh, been doing that for 19 years, is that what you said? Yeah, 19 years. Or you've been married for 19 years? Been married. What How you long have you been concrete pumping? I've been pumping, actually, since pumping 2003. So. Okay, nice. But I've been with this same place since 99. So. Well, awesome, mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'm Adam Negreski. I'm an attorney in Benton. I have my own practice up there. Um, um, I'm married to my wife, Kristen. We have three kids. Uh, I've got a nine-year-old, five-year-old, and then a uh, two-year-old um, that uh, is into everything and just makes life all kinds of entertaining and breakable right now. So that sounds cliche, but I can affirm that that's just true. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, uh, yeah, I got a boy that's, a, they're, they're a day apart and they're buddies and they're crazy. And it's, cra- I mean, it's crazy. We both, we had girls before and then these boys have just been next level 
a whole different experience. <laughs> yeah, your kid's Cohen. My name's my kid's Logan, and we call him Loco because it's just they just destroy. So they do. If yeah. the 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 nickname fits appropriately yeah. to the, them. The, yeah, we're talking about manhood, and yeah, men. Yeah, there's there's wildness to, to men break masculine stuff. spirit, <laughs> and uh, it, that spirit. <laughs> yeah, that spirit is strong in those boys. So yeah, right. look out, world. Right, Nick. All right, uh, I'm Nick Williams. Uh, I work for White and Borgignoni Architects in Carbondale, and previously I had to punch in the calculator to figure out how many years I've been. See, I was just letting you guys get warmed out. Uh, it's just, uh, just, just a warm-up uh, practice yeah. run. Right. You're welcome. I, I, I can remember that now. You're welcome. So I've been doing the architecting thing for for 20 years, uh, 16 at White and Borgignoni, four other places. Um, Rochelle and I have been married for 10 years, just recently celebrated that, um, we have three kids, Connor, Caden, Isabella, and we have a new addition to the house, Josiah. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, the boys seem to be easier than the girl for us. I mean, the girl. It's, it's a different know. kind of heart, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. the drama I is strong in the girls. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a different kind of stress. But Yeah. But, yeah as far as just pure, like, keeping the up. The girls didn't break stuff. Yeah, and run away. Oh. and like. If you met mine? Well. Mine didn't anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least not at the level and the volume. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. It's not yeah. tough. Right. All right. So, um, beyond that, maybe a little bit about, you know, as I said, we're going to talk about, you know, what having that responsibility, but maybe not knowing how. I think you guys all grew up in church. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Was there, let's talk about a little bit about, was there explicit teaching on you know, just how to study the Bible in general, um, and then what it looks like to, to lead in the home, or did were you just kind of left to figure that out? When did you figure out that that was even a responsibility? What did you observe at home? Let's talk a little bit about, like, that context for you growing up. Um, well, I mean, for me, I, I, I don't think it was something that was explicitly taught in the church. Um, it, maybe it was because it wasn't something that was extremely important to me at the time. Uh, maybe I wasn't listening hundred uh, percent of the time. I mean, but as as far as in the home, yeah, my my parents were God fearing parents. You know, I mean, we we went to church almost every time the doors were open. You know, there was a few Wednesday nights in that Southern mm-hmm. Baptist church that we didn't darken those doors, but most of the time we did. Um, and as far as being taught from the home, I mean, it, w- it was taught that as a man, you led your family, and whether that's, you know, in the Christian life or, or whatnot, but you, you led your family, and you were a man leading your family. And, of course, there's many def- definitions to what a man is, but I won't get into that right now. What, what did that mean to lead, though? Was that was it just a thing that was said, or was there implications and expectations with that? Well, for for this, I mean, the the man was to lead his family, whether it's biblically or whether it's you know in your secular days or or what he was to lead. Uh, plain and simple. So just more of an authority position? Yeah. Or, so yeah, not, a lot of, not a lot of job description to go not, along not with that? A lo- <laughs> not a lot of job description to okay. go along with that. It was just more mm-hmm. of a, a, a leadership position. Okay. And, I mean, 
I mean, we didn't get into some of the things that, Man, that we've talked about. Is it, is that just a is that kind of indicative of what it feels like to be a man in general? Like you've been given this job with no real <laughs> job no instruction yeah. manual yeah. or anything. I mean, how I, how many minutes? I mean, it just I, felt yeah, like that. I right? think like, so. Yeah, what yeah. the heck? Like I I feel like I'm not equipped. Yeah. Anyway, that's just kind of a quick aside. Yeah. John Eldridge writes about that in Wild at Heart and, and some of his subsequent books of like just feeling uninitiated and unlike. And it can come out in a number of ways. You could be trying to fix something at your house. You could be fighting with your wife. You could be trying to parent a kid who's rebellious. And you just feel like, I don't know what the crap I'm supposed to do. <laughs> right. I, I don't have this instruction manual. And nobody's made a YouTube video about it yet. And I, right. you know. Um, I keep looking yeah. on YouTube. I can't well, find it. Maybe that's a market we should get into. Yeah, well, that's the point of the yeah. podcast. That's <laughs> what we're doing. Okay, all right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I interrupted you, but I just think that's a pretty profound statement, actually. I, I think that's actually true of a lot of men. There is, there's some kind of under, there's some implied expectations, but there's not a lot of uh, training or um, equipping. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of men can relate to that. So, all right, what about, so you kind of, the other side of that in some ways, right? Because your dad. Yeah. I am my dad, he taught me how to lead my house, I guess, and taught me traits to do it. I can fix your toilet, but above that, I don't know what else he, uh, my mom was the, the spiritual leader of my family. So after my parents divorced when I was young, about five years old, uh, she started taking me to church and yeah, she, uh, we were there all the time and, and I think she found uh, community in that and that's what done it being a new, a single mom and sure. family. And there was a lot of men there too, that we never, never talked about Bible study, but they, they taught me things about what it was to be just led by example of what it meant to be a godly man. Sure. And I, I remember that as being a kid, but mm. yeah. That's good. That's, uh, that's beautiful too, man. The church should be, um, yeah, should be where women can go. I, yeah. We should fill those roles whenever man, men abandon their families, but which is yeah. despicable in the eyes of God. So yeah, I mean, and I, I sorry, I, I don't mean to apply your dad didn't abandon your family generally, but Yep. when he wasn't there spiritually, the church should fill those gaps. Yeah, and so, they did. And, yeah. and I grew up, you know, specific Bible study too. Grew up watching my mom do Bible study every day. She you never, said multiple hours, right? Yeah, like, and, like, and I, I may be wrong. I don't know about, mo- but I do remember As a kid, now, it was a long multiple, time. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> but I do More know, than 30 seconds, yeah. So I do know. know now that she, I mean, she still does that, instilled, and that's just kind of her quiet. She's a very journals all the time and reads the Word, you know. Part of that's her job too, so I didn't mentioned this in the unrecorded version we just did but yeah my mom is a methodist minister too so yeah. she went and, and now she's serving as a chaplain okay at an assisted living complex so she preaches every sunday and she does bible studies with them and all the chaplain stuff okay too as well so gotcha yeah when did she start doing that though when did that become her a vocation for her like the preaching part yeah. yeah she felt led and i remember being young and she preached in small local churches here when i was in high school so okay and maybe even before i'll say junior high okay so okay yeah but she didn't uh, yeah, so that's a whole other conversation but it yeah, is yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah one that's not handled i don't mean to just joke about that i mean that's the one that we don't always handle well is how do we anyway facilitate women's gifts but uh, yeah so and then you're kind of in between or some yeah I'm, I'm just a different pivot off of both of them um so my um i grew up so so my dad passed away when i was five 
and for about seven years after that, it was just my mom and I in the house. And then she married a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, you know, when I stereotypically think of a Southern Baptist preacher, I kind of think of much more of an uh, outgoing kind of fire and brimstone type of pastor, sure. preacher. Um, but he was, you know, that's not him. He's much more passive. Um you know, I, I don't think gentle and meek. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, I've always just kind of, you know, there's, you can be a, a preacher and you can be a pastor and he would, if you'd had to, he would slide more of that pastor role counselor, you know, kind of more that way. Sure. Um, but you know, with, with the Bible study, I would see him, you know, all throughout our house just at different times. Um, and it, you know, he didn't have necessarily a set. I mean, he would, he would read every morning when he woke up, but, um, you know, he would also just, once he got home from his, you know, he was a bivocational pastor. And so when he would get home from that job, if he didn't have a chore or something like that, he needed to work on, he would stop and, and he would read, um, you know, or he'd read for a few minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes, get up, go do something else. Um, come back, read a little bit more. I mean, that was just kind of, you know, instead of um, sitting down and watching TV or, you know, vegging out or something like that, he would take those down times to read. And that was, you know, and I mean, he would wear out Bibles and daily Bible plans. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he would just wear those books, you know, to where he thought if you picked it up again, it would just yeah. crumble apart because it was so yeah. worn out, you know. Yeah. Um, so yes, that was that was kind of my experience. Okay, so then how did that play out for y'all as you got your own families and you became? Oh, I fumbled that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting your own family. Well, no, no, I, that part I got under well, control, but but the devotional Bible time. Did you feel? Did you feel that? Did you? Did you feel the responsibility you were supposed to be doing it? Yeah. Um, it's one of those things like, you know, I knew I probably should, uh -huh. but there wasn't that great pressure to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and, and, and yeah. Is that generally what the kind of undertone of teaching on Bible study was anyway? I mean, for me, it was like quiet time. Like that, there wasn't a lot of explicit, this is how you read the Bible, why you read the Bible is what you should expect to get out of it. It was more like you should read the Bible, and then the language that you would get was like you should do a quiet time, and that mm -hmm. felt punitive to me. I wasn't sure why I was in trouble, why I needed to, like, it felt like time out, right. you know, and mm -hmm. a chore at best, certainly not a delight. Yes. You know, so anyway, there's, there's that context to the kind of the culture that most of us probably were influenced by in some way, but then, you know, beyond that, the, the role of a man, and uh, you know, I think it, it's been shifting, you know, over the years as far as this idea that we're supposed to be more involved. But I don't know that a lot of churches, ours included, have done a great job of like, you know, the how. So, what about you, Josie? Did you feel? I know your story, you know, is, is sort of complex of, you know, when you really surrendered and got, you know, serious about following the Lord. But did you feel a pressure to lead your family when it came to spiritual things, or was it not? When did that get on your radar? I just, I guess after I got, uh, after I got back into church and kind of rededicated or whatever you want to call it, but I just... Uh, and how old were your kids around that time? So we didn't have Kelly Joe, so Tucker was probably two. Okay. 
or maybe a year old, but I so just pretty early in and the I family. just and I'll, I'll just tell you, I remember kind of I remember Brooke taking me to a marriage conference, and I remember a lady saying on stage that the women are dragging these kids to church, and the men are just sitting at home, and the men are not leading like the Bible tells you to, and it just the spirit got a hold of me, and mm. I tried to turn. I mean, that's kind of was the light bulb moment, and, but I mean, I'm still. Like Adam said, fumbled that since then, you know, but uh, that was kind of what, uh, where I started, you know, getting more involved. And then I just, I'll say just by different men that have been put in my life, that's the way they led. And yeah. and I'll say it was, it was not always the Bible study too. It was just what you did in life as a Christian man, like how they lived and how yeah. they acted. I, it was something different. Yeah. So... That's that's kind of what I did. Yeah, is this part of your family DNA? I, I mean, just since I've known you, you're going to serve the church with joy, right? Your whole yeah. family does that, and 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 you're you're going to show up first of all, right? You're going to be there. You're going to serve with whatever gifts you got and whatever availability you got, and and so yeah, I mean, you're certainly doing that that stuff really well. But then you know, I didn't know is there was there that you know here's what it looks like to disciple my kids. Was there yeah, was no. that that I, It was more of just yeah, it was just live like that. You yeah, know, I've right. never. It was not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think a lot can relate, relate to mm-hmm. that. Man, I tell you what, I can get up on stage any day of the week and sing a song for you. And you're okay at that. And I'm okay. I'm just saying, my, my nerves are okay to do that. Depending on how well I do it, whether I need a bouncing ball to you know tell me which <laughs> word I need to sing at what time. My nerves are okay with that, but man, when it comes to leading my family and whether it's reading scripture, you know, just spending time in the Bible or just, just worshiping, singing songs and worship, there's nothing that in the beginning that gave me more anxiety mm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. It's vulnerable. Oh, it's, man. It's, it is. It, it, yeah. I mean, this feels exposing. I, right? Yeah, right. it yeah. was exposing. I'm just like, what if I screw this up? Yeah. You know, sure. what if you do screw it up? Mm-hmm. What if you screw a lyric up on stage, which I did? You know, well, I do <laughs> I know every, every single week, but, you know, but, you know. This one I just mean, happened to be the one I explicitly yeah, asked you not yeah. to sing. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. I got one of them correct one time out of the three. <laughs> but I, I don't know. There, there's just something that is, was so frightening to me about that. And I remember several years back, um, during Christmas time, we, we got into, you know, my mother had given us uh, an Advent wreath, and we got into every week celebrating Advent. Mm-hmm. And Rochelle, mm. who's very good at pushing me out of my comfort zone, which, if you don't know, that's where you do most of your growing is outside that comfort mm-hmm. zone, Yeah, started encouraging me, hey, we we need to we need to do something here, you know. We we need you need to lead our family in this time, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gotten easier ever since, but it's still yeah. still a little difficult. I'll you know, say sure. it's uh, yeah yeah it's scary. I'll speak too that I don't know if you want to go with this. I'll say because Adam's sitting here, but we're both community group leaders. Yeah, it makes me nervous wreck still sometimes. I uh, you know you flop a question out there and nobody talks and yeah 10 seconds i'm done we gotta move on somewhere <laughs> else you know i don't know how to yeah but it's scary yeah well 
And, and I can and, re- I can relate to what you're saying, Nick. I mean, even as a even as a pastor get, that gets up and teaches the Bible to the congregation, that's easier for me than to pray with my wife. If I'm just being honest, mm, sure. yeah. like that's way more vulnerable. Or to you know, not necessarily. I've, we've gotten I've gotten more comfortable with you know just doing you know reading the Bible with the kids, but. But yeah, I think part of that has to do with the proximity of our of our wives, right? Like, there's nobody that is our bigger cheerleaders, right? Is more faithful right. and loyal mm-hmm. to us. But there's yeah. also nobody that we feel more <laughs> like can, can cut us quicker. Sure. Not that they would, but they just hold more power over us emotionally. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And so there's there's a lot of dynamics there, and I yeah. think that goes back to a lot of us feeling, you know, uninitiated and unequipped to to you know fill the roles that God's put us in in many ways. So yeah, I, I I would just venture to say that the majority of our our, our people could can relate to, mm-hmm. to to a lot of that. So, and, and I want to provide a little context for why we're talking about this as men, because you know complementarian theology has not always been handled well, and and because of that, there's a lot of you know um, women that you know and men that, that might be offended that we're having this conversation without women, right? And that we're this is a boys club or whatever. And and so I, I want to be clear that. Man, when it comes to discipling kids in the home, that actually our wives, you know, women are going to do, they're going to execute a lot of that responsibility, right? Implicitly and explicitly, right? There's going to be a lot of the stuff, a lot of the the, the teaching and stuff that they're just going to do, uh, but also implicit. So it's not that they don't have a role, but, I, you know, I think um, when it comes to who's accountable for the home, that that's that's the man. Right. Sure. Yep. And so, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but you, you could you can look at the arc of history and, and more recent history and, you know, the change, the Industrial Revolution that sort of changed the family dynamic. Right. From a, from a, from cultures that young men in particular, but everybody was kind of in the home and you apprenticed. Right. You learned what right. your dad did or maybe a neighbor. You, maybe if you're getting really diverse, yeah. you're going to learn what the yeah. neighbor guy did. Everybody's <laughs> a coal miner. Yeah. You're going to learn a trade. You're going to, you know, and so there's proximity to, to learning to do life in that family nucleus. And so then the Industrial Revolution happens. The World War is happening. The greatest generation goes off to war and the women step in. And, and that generation comes back to a changed world. Right. I mean, I'm not a historian, right. but you can you can look it up. But it changed the dynamic of the homes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those men. You know, I, I bet mo- my grandpa was not a, he, he was a provider. So you go back to those expectations of what it meant to lead. Like he was the authoritarian in the home and he was the one going to go to work and make sure we had food, that family had food on the table. But as far as like being engaged with the kids, that's not his, that's that not his job. Yeah. So he's not holding right. a baby. He's not changing the diaper, right? He's not getting in the floor. He's not helping with the homework. That is not, and there wasn't debate about that. My grandma wasn't bitter about that. That's just how the things were divvied up. And and that's a. I'm not saying everybody was like that, but there's a general. I think. Sure. Yeah. So you can trace back a little bit of how we got here. In some ways, of dads not necessarily being super active in some of these pieces, and then you can look at churches basically professionalizing discipleship. You know, we don't necessarily do that. We take it to the. You know, we take them to church to learn to be a disciple. And so there's a right. lot of dynamics at play. Right. I do think there's been a shift in that role in, the, in recent oh, years yeah. in our generation yeah. where men are more in the home in, in a good way. Um, but I don't know that the church is caught up in, in teaching how to do that. Right. Sure. But when we talk about, you can talk about all that stuff. But I think that's just historical and sociological at best, but we go to the Bible, right. Which is our authority. Yeah. 
and you see a theme, right? You see this pattern and this theme, that this precedent and this, this way of life that's set up where the men are accountable, mm-hmm. right? So collectively, as a family, we're responsible, right? We're going to execute those tasks together, but who's accountable? The men, right? So we see it in Genesis 3. The fall, we've got the garden, woman, you know, Satan comes to, to Eve, deceives, manipulates, twists God's word, gets her to eat. Adam's standing right there. She gives it to him. They eat together. Fall happens. Genesis 3-9. Who does God come and call out? Who does he want to talk to? Adam, right? He wants to talk to the man. Mm-hmm. And he holds him, respond, he holds him accountable. Um, you know, and he quickly throws the woman under the bus. Adam's response is, it was that woman you gave me. Like, it makes me chuckle when I read that. He yeah. literally says, that woman you gave me. So it was her fault, and you gave her to me, God. So he's right, yeah. abdicating. Bad and, choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So anyway, and, and from there, we've all suffered with, with, with that, that curse that, that has come. But, but nonetheless, there is this, again, this pattern and precedent of, of the Lord leading us to life. And that's the, that's the heart of the Lord with commands. And j- like when the Lord gives commands, he's not trying to take from us. He's not trying to steal our fun. He's trying to lead us to life. And so you see just a quick survey with five scriptures. Deuteronomy 6, you see the Lord, in, you know, giving instruction to his people. This is how you should live. And part of that is the great Shema, famous passage from Deuteronomy 6, where he says God's word should be on your heart all the time. And he, and he says you should be, this should be a home thing. Now, they went to the temple, they worship, right? right. But it, he says this instruction, this discipleship, this formation happens where? At home. At the home. Right? So he says, you should teach them to your children. God's commands, God's word. Teach them to your children. Talk about them basically all the time. He gives some specifics. He says, when you go in, when you come out, when you lie down, when you get up, put them on your doorpost, put them, put them in your home. Put God's commands all over. So you see them, you talk about them, regular conversation, right? So that's how the Lord lays that out. Um, that generation doesn't do well. They wander around the desert. Uh, we come to Joshua. That's the new generation. They're about to come in the promised land. God says, hey, you do what I tell you. This is going to go really well. The whole world's going to see my glory because of how your life is going to be blessed. But how are you going to do that? Keep my word close to your heart. Joshua 1.8. These word, words of the law uh, should not depart from your mouth, but sh- you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? So you need to be careful to do what it says. You want to live it out? Got to have your nose in it. You want to do? You want to live the way God wants you to? You got to. You got to know it, right? So that's that's his pattern. He puts out Judges two ten has a haunting passage. The next generation after Joshua, they come in. They've conquered most. They didn't finish the job. Joshua dies. Judges is a cluster. If you haven't read it, it the wheels are coming off. Right? It's a mess, and it's a pattern of it's just it's, it's a mess. So Judges two ten though starts that out and, and gives the reason why it's a mess because it says then there arose a generation after Joshua died. Uh, then there was a generation who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And man, if we just let the weight of that set on us. Mm-hmm. And then you read the book of Judges, you see the consequences. Yeah. Right. And if we hold that all in context, who's God holding responsible for that generation not knowing? Yeah, the man. The man, the man yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that he's the only one leading Bible study at home. That doesn't, but... Who's responsible for it? Who's accountable? The men, right? That, right? And so dads are responsible for that generation not knowing. So there is a biblical precedent for that. You get into Ephesians 5, which is a famous marriage passage about how we should love one another. It is. It, it starts saying wives should submit to your husbands. A lot of people get 
real worked up about that whole deal and stopped there. You read the rest of the context, though, and you see what kind of husband that man's supposed to be, and now you realize, okay, it's probably not that hard to, for a woman to submit, right? Right. And yeah. not that this is the entire point of this conversation, but I always like to throw in, that's rooted in Trinitarian theology. We're made in the image of God. God is, is, is one God, three persons, and that, that God, Father, Son, Spirit, they, you know, the Son is in full equal authority to God, right? Equal value and just as much God as God the Father, right. but he submits, he submits to him. He only does, Jesus said it all the time, I only do what my Father tells me to do, right? He's in submission to him. Right. There's beauty in that. The, the Spirit defers and, and exalts him to, and so that, you know, this whole leading head submission, that, that's not this ruling, diminishing, abusive relationship. It's a beautiful Trinitarian relationship. So again, that's a whole, that's, an, that's another podcast, but I think it's just always important to throw in. But the way that he calls us to lead our families, the way he calls us to love our wives specifically in Ephesians 5.25 is the way that Christ loved the church. And what did he do for her? Gave himself, Gave himself up. So there's sacrificial living, but then there's a specific thing that he says that, that, that Jesus does for the church uh, he gave himself up for that he might sanctify her. So that means bring out the best, right? Um, right. Redeem, re- renew, make her you know, into what she's supposed to be. Talking about what Jesus does with the church, what he's doing with us, right? Um, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Okay? So now that doesn't mean you're sitting down, okay, baby, let me wash you, but let me give you a sermon every night, right? <laughs> Sit down for your daily sermon, babe. Daddy's got to teach you. That is not going to go well for most of us, and no, it's not. probably, Shit. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I, I, again, I think you take it contextually, you look at the pattern that's set forth, it means, man, as, as men, we're, we're called to pour into our wives. We're called to cultivate the best out of her. You read the rest of that Ephesians passage, it's like, hey, treat her like you love her like you love yourself. Treat her like a beautiful flower. Like, bring out the best in her. And here's the secret, guys. Guess who reaps the benefit? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we do. Right? Like, if <laughs> yeah. we we cultivate and pour yeah. into our wives and, and, and try to bring out the best in them, who gets the best experience out of that wife that's now the best person that she can be? That's us, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's this, there's hidden, there's this <laughs> hidden motivation in there, you know, like. But anyway, but there's this implication that that's, that's how do we bring out the best in our wives? It should be informed by the word, right? It should be informed right. by the word. Not in this, let me preach at you, but we should be men of the word and how we invest and form our families should be informed by the word. So there is responsibility for us as men to have our Bibles open and, you know, we don't have to be seminarians. We don't all have to be ready to preach sermons, but should we all be theologians in some degree? Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Should we all have our nose in the Bible? So, so yeah, that's sort of the the... The context there now, and we've talked a little bit about where you, what you observed, and, and the challenges that that maybe have come. Or did I interrupt? Did I let you share what it was like to come into family and lead? Did we talk about that? Have we talked about it at one point in time? <laughs> I we can't remember. If recorded or not? Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. The uncut version. The we, uncut version. Yeah. The unrecorded yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> so um, never gonna let that down. I can I already. Nope. Tell. Um, nope. But I think this one's been better. We just tell everybody. Yeah. That. Oh it's yeah. Way it better. was way yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better. Yeah. All right. So, all right, you can share that if 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 relevant. I don't think it's been on this one, but um, let's talk a little bit about what what brought us this conversation. Um, was the conference? What specifically were you challenged by? What specifically um, did you leave there um, changed 
how did you leave there changed? What has changed in your life? What was the context? You know, what was the encouragement? Let's just share those, those testimonies. Uh, it was a great conference. I think a lot of the content was really good, but there was one session in particular, I think that most of us have been referring to where they literally just said, this is how you read your Bible. Yeah. Right. Really simple. Wasn't it? Bible reading 101. Yeah. It was awesome. And it was Mm -hmm. so like, yeah, it was Mm. really, yeah. Like everybody was just like, I never thought of that before. Let's uh, just read the chapter and talk about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was so simple, but so like profound. Right. So you guys talk about that, how that hit you personally. So for me, I, um, you know, during that presentation, there was, there was a comment made about letting your kids, your family catch you reading the Bible. Um, you know, so often, and the speaker spoke on this, you know, so often, you know, our kids, um, you know, specifically our kids, but our wives too, you know, they'll, you know, they'll find us, you know, sitting on the couch watching TV or, eating a delicious snack or something like that. And, um, or maybe that's just me eating a delicious snack. Um, <laughs> healthy. Hel- of course, healthy snack. Um, so, you know, th- they catch, you know, they catch us doing that very often. And he said, how much more powerful will it be to have your kids catch you reading the word? Mm. And so, and, and that kind of like triggered the thought back to me growing up with my stepdad finding him in different places of the house, seeing him reading the Bible, you know, um, you know, whether it's a study Bible, you know, whatever it was, seeing him, you know, making notes and doing those type of things. And so that was, again, very, you know, profound. Hey, just open the Bible up and read it a little bit, like, you know, mm-hmm. real deep to figure that one out. And so we came back, and that's, you know, I, I've kind of developed this rhythm of, you know, getting up, you know, not early for Josie. But probably really early for Nick. Um, probably, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, where I take a little bit of time and you know I, I read, and um, you know, and I, thankfully um, I had a couple week hiatus there. But you know, that's something I've been doing. I had COVID. Okay. Oh. So <laughs> is that when you ate all the Doritos? I was I was out of Doritos. So I, <laughs> um, no. So I. You know, have been waking up in the mornings to to do that, and the first, um, I don't know, it was a couple weeks into it, and I had that you know rotten two year old come pitter pattering down the hallway, carrying his blanket, and he sees me there, and you know, obviously he doesn't know what I'm doing, he doesn't, you know, it doesn't connect with him, but here he comes, he crawls up in my lap doesn't try to you know i've got the bible on one side holding my hand i'm holding him in the other and we're just sitting there and i'm still reading and he just lays his head on my chest as i'm doing it like you know i start crying you know which um you know it doesn't take much for me to cry anyway but like i'm bawling there like with this and you know like it just that the whole you know presentation that we heard that that little nugget just came and like fell on me like a ton of bricks and there I'm seeing that. And, um, I mean, you talk about like just bringing great joy, um, to me, yeah. you know, selfishly to me sure. to see, you know, and now, you know, the other kids have, you know, come in at different times and, and now they will ask me, um, daddy, what time are you getting up to read the Bible? You know, can we get up with you too? Mm. And my kids need and their sleep. So, um, <laughs> and you know, and I'm, I'm, it just, I was just kind of thinking about this while you were talking, but, 
Um, you know, we think about the kids we have and what we're doing, but you don't know what generations that's going to impact yeah. down the road too. So sure. it just makes this leading thing yeah. hold that all that more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I, and I think that was kind of somebody ended that talk about he, having a legacy. Have. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's a different talk, but yeah. And I think some of the, I don't know if he explicitly talked about it, but it's certainly one of the things that that idea that talk and that specific encouragement did is also diffuses this idea of having to have this perfect quiet time right where it's undisturbed and super deep and revelatory and you you know saw the you know transfigured jesus and you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. like yeah because i think sometimes guys think well i don't have that uninterrupted time why even try and i think that was part of his point is like just do it if your kid's come in and interrupt you like all right they've caught you reading the bible sure. like that's a win yeah. right you know like right. yep. even if you don't get to finish the chapter that day but it's all you know it's not that you like wait for him to get up and crack the bible open so <laughs> you know what i mean like you don't want to be staging your you know like right. don't have phony holiness where you're just staging it but but right. i think it's also important to you know and i think that's part of what he does really simplified it and diffuse some because i think i think we try to make it too complicated don't we, we do all the time yeah. and that and and it begins with personal Bible study, which yeah. is something I struggle with. So if you don't do it for yourself, you're not going to do it for your family. Right. You know, so, and you we have no excuse today. Not I mean, we pack it. Yeah. Everybody carries one with them everywhere they go, and that's uh, that's what I've found. Somebody will read it to you. Yeah, that's uh, what I've there's found. There's apps that yeah. will read literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole lot easier for me in the work that I do because I constantly wait on concrete. So yeah. that's what I've found. My, instead of scrolling through Facebook, for 30 minutes right. Bible apps on your phone just yeah. read it for five minutes yeah. that, that's how you I know? read yeah. quote unquote read is someone yeah. reads it to me <laughs> I mean but yeah like you were saying we, we make it too hard so just sit down and know and for the most part too I know even when you got younger kids you're thinking just like when we were doing the online church stuff you know when during COVID that was terrible it's going to be crazy because right. <laughs> Kids aren't going to sit still. You're no. in your house. Are no. you, what are you right. thinking? You know, so you know, and it's just going to be a mess yeah. sometimes. But just the same with the Bible study. Somebody's going to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of it, or somebody's going right. to yeah. just talk. You what, know, and be a cluster. And, yeah. And, and, and to that point, you know, with, with my kids, and again, this goes to like setting that example and doing, you know, like like during those service, like it was nuts. My there's no telling what my blood pressure was during church during covid yeah like it was through the roof like um but like as we would get into it and you know weeks down the road and that kind of stuff um and even you know when i hadn't we were quarantined or whatever so you know we're just doing it at the house like the kids would go and like get their sleeping bags and bring them into the living room like even like okay, okay guys we're gonna you know church is gonna start in like 10 minutes they're going to their rooms. They're getting like little pallets yep. made in the floor, just kind of like, okay, you know. Yeah. Now, thirty seconds into it, they're gone, and they're. Oh. Um, yeah. But they were getting into it, right? And and that that was something that I observed too is that you know when we started getting into that routine, no matter how horrible we thought it was at the time, or we still think it is, we started getting into that routine, and the and the, the kids were finding a new way to worship, you know. And when we would start singing songs and stuff, I'd have to go to the kitchen. 
you know, because you're talking about, you know, it doesn't take much for you to cry. You know, I'm, I'm in there. Just, you, know, you know, I couldn't even get words to come out of my mouth, you know, right. as I sat there and listened to my family yeah. sing, you know. Sure. Because we're not allowed to join together. Right? Yeah. I, I think, did you, you mentioned Advent earlier. That's one we yeah. recorded or not? But yeah, I did. <laughs> it, it, um, was, it was a previous one. All right. Well, then you talk first. No, and I then think I'll that was this one, wasn't it? Oh gosh, what a cluster! <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about it some more then. Well, my gosh, did you share about being challenged to lead more? I don't think. Yeah, you did. that was this time. I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty You'd, certain. I mean, because oh, well, you, well, we can talk. Will about you give it us a refresher more. on that? I sure, I sure will. Uh, the the Cliff's Notes version of it was so so was Advent kind of your first experience of like leading? somewhat formal family worship of like or yeah. a, a structured maybe not formal is the yeah. right word but somewhat structured me too so the journey that was there wasn't a ton of like this is how you like lead your family and stop your family but one of the things we did is celebrate Advent and one mm-hmm. of the things they always did was put out some kind of family worship guide which is often just as simple as hey start at story one in the Jesus Storybook Bible and you read the first twenty five and you land it. Yep. Christmas, which is really cool and unintentional by Sally Lloyd Jones. But anyway, um, that was my first, like, oh, because there was kind of a guide. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is not that hard. Yeah. Like, we just sat down and read a quick story. Maybe we played a YouTube worship song afterward. Maybe we didn't, but we'd pray. You know what I mean? And it, But it also, to Adam's point, sometimes it's it's super messy. Like, I've we've done spankings you know we've done we've done right. to stop and discipline in the middle of oh, family yeah. work you know like yeah, is that considered praying. church you're discipline praying. at you're that like, point hey, in time hey. yeah. <laughs> i'm praying yeah <laughs> you will listen to me teach you this lesson yeah i mean i've i found myself getting like super mad that they won't sit and li- you know what i mean and rather right. like babe you know like it's i remember micah tech i was trying to find the text from micah it was a couple years ago during advent he's like tonight's advent devotional one kid farted on another one kid like <laughs> one kid was eaten so, it was just like you know, one one ended up having to leave with mom and go to the other room, like discipline, go to bed. Like it right. just it's gonna be messy, yeah. and and it, and I think that's important for us to be okay with because if we yeah. if we picture this coffee and a candle and a Bible, perfect uninterrupted moment, well, that's probably not real life most of the time. Yeah. Um, we set all them. The kids don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? We yeah, we set those expectations. Right, mm-hmm. right, and 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 frankly, Satan. Yep helps us because yep. if he can make it seem unattainable if he can make mm-hmm. it seem something that we either don't have time for we're not equipped for they're not going to respond mm-hmm. whatever then we're more likely to just not try yeah and that's a win for the enemy right and so part of that part of that teaching was just just do it right? just yeah, start it doing was. it right so yeah so what was the rest of you guys uh sim- similar i know but but what what kind of hit you in the face? What what did you leave with from the conference? <laughs> I was waiting for that one. You know, well, I mean, we're, we were talking about um, um, studying with your family, um, you know, reading scripture and, and, and teaching, you know, to your family. And he went over four steps that I wrote down in my notes. And mm-hmm. I want to say them real quickly right now, and you can interpret okay. them however you want to, but I just thought they were awesome. Yeah, I was hoping um, somebody did. Number one was sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you're raking up the leaves. Oh, yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. Number two, sometimes you've got to dig. 
So you're going to stop in one or two places in a verse and you're just going to dig deeper. And number three was uh, sometimes when you're digging, you need to meditate on the scripture. And then the fourth one was you need to obey the word. And a little side note on that was uh, lack of meditation may lead to a lack of obedience. And I just, I thought, all those things were were just wonderful, especially the the raking in the leaves, you know, because, I mean, you have a hard time just, you know, reading. I have a hard time just reading. But, you know, when you're just reading, you're just raking up those leaves, you know. I mean, you're being obedient. And sometimes you're going to run upon, across something, and you're going to, oh, wait a minute. I gotta stop on this right now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta dig a little bit deeper on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there were so many things that he said I thought was just awesome. Yeah. No. So the Reagan and Leafs was kind of. You may just read it. You, you may be reading yeah. chunks of scripture, narrative. It may not be overly life changing per se, but 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 you did it. You you read it, and there's other times you're gonna stop and dig a little deeper and. I'm in Second Chronicles right now, so so that you're raking leaves. I'm raking leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that makes it makes sense, but yeah, Second Chronicles narrative story. You might read, I don't know, a few chapters at a time or a chapter. You know, may not have been a ton to take away and meditate on. Colossians we're in as a, as a church. Mm-hmm. All that's digging and meditating, right? right Almost yeah. every verse is like packed full of of, right. of stuff. So. And that's good, Nick. I'm glad you wrote that down and shared that. And, and I think to go along with that, if I recall correctly, he made the comment of, um, you know, the difference between having a snack and having a full meal. I don't know why yeah. it comes back to food for me, but it does. <laughs> me too, man. Um, me too. He knew his audience. He did. He knew his audience. <laughs> um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, we just, we just have these little snacks of, you know, maybe it's a, you know, daily verse that pops up on our phone or something like that. But... You know, there's times where we actually need to get in there and, you know, have that full meal, steak and potatoes and that kind of stuff and just really, you know. Mm -hmm. So you took away, you know, raking leaves and labor, I took away a meal. So we'll we'll put them together and. Yeah, that'll work. Well, I think you could take that meal one. And I think Brody is one that I think from Snowbird that I heard talk about this the first first time. But you take that meal one a little bit further. It's like there's some meals that are really memorable. Right, like we go to the bistro and have a steak. I remember, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was a, a memorable. You know, maybe you even took a picture of that one. I don't know, probably not. <laughs> sure. Somewhere, right. you know what I mean. But like, you're gonna remember that meal, and somebody asks you what you did, what you, you know, what's the best. Meal? You're just gonna. It's gonna be memorable. Sure. I don't remember what I had for dinner last couple, like two nights ago, right? But it did the job, right? Like right. I had sustenance, right. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times when you read the Bible, it's like it may be like that dinner that you just you just got sustenance, right? Yeah. You, you got some solid food. You know, you, you got the fuel to keep going, but it it wasn't all that memorable. But then there's other times when you're going to leave there like, oh, my goodness, man, the Lord spoke to me this yeah. morning. Like, yeah, right. And, and that can be the steak dinner type. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's that those are helpful expectations, too, is not every night is a, you know, not every time opening the Bible is that steak dinner and that mm-hmm. wonderful moment but the more you do the more you open it the more of those steak you know the better you get at finding steak really <laughs> you know, yeah as you exactly start right. you, you're learning how to dig um yeah josie you want to 
I was going to add something else, but I don't want to steal from you. So, um, yeah. what was that? What was that like for you? The men's conference. Yeah, and what would you? I mean, would you leave particularly challenged and applying? Yeah, just like we've already talked about it a little bit earlier, but just about first of all stepping up, mm-hmm. which uh, I struggle with a lot with family discipleship, but uh, just don't quit making it so hard. And I've also found too that when I do it on routine, your kids will let you know. When oh, you don't, yeah. oh yeah, you know, you you don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kelly yeah. Joe has done that before. Like, hey, we're it's nine o'clock, you yeah. know, <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that. But, uh, but yeah, just uh, just do it. And yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just quit making it so hard. When we come back, I was gung ho, yeah, man. and we were reading, you know, every week, you know, for two weeks straight, yeah. <laughs> and then on that third week, Isabella's like. We haven't read this week. You know what's going on, and then the same thing next week. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm and that's the that's the way we are. Is a yeah. Just I mean, because that's it's exciting because it was new. Sure. You know, and that's that's how we are as a society. There's so many things that take our attention. You know, I'm a I'm a Netflix junkie. I'll admit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I sit and watch crime shows and stuff all the time. But yeah, it's just time. Uh, just got to make time to do it because everybody can make excuses. Mm-hmm. We all have the same amount of time in the day and whatever we do. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you think about are you really going to be when Jesus, you know, when you toe up with Jesus and he says, mm-hmm. hey, what about your family? Are you really going to? Is Netflix really what you want to tell him? <laughs> yeah, to do? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm season four just dropped. Yeah. So right. Like, that. I mean, I'm joking, but like, that's a sobering thought. It is. Of yeah. like, okay, we're going to be responsible for. Judge, you know, we don't yep. want Judges two ten to happen in our homes, mm-hmm. in our church. Yep. There's a generation, you know, we got a we got a flock of kids back there in that Journey Kids Wing. We don't want mm-hmm. that to be said of them. That mm-hmm. There's a generation that rises up. And frankly, I mean, this not I was this wasn't a planned part of this conversation, but frankly, we got a problem in our church where there's mm-hmm. not a value and investment for Journey Kids and for the, for the kids. And we're going to talk about that Sunday at our members yeah. meeting. And frankly, that's a that's all. That's on us, right? Like, right. as men, what do we do about that? And anyway, that's that's we'll, we'll talk about that that Sunday. But um, <laughs> that that was something else. I mean, which we you and I talked about that sitting around the fire one night. You know what? Another thing that I had taken away from it was I very specifically heard something in my head say, "Invest in the future generation." Mm. You know. And what'd you do about that? I, well, I've been trying to help Anthony. Yeah, which um, is the student ministry, right? The student yeah. ministry. Yeah. No, that's um, legit, man. No, yeah, I wasn't like, no, I was wanting was you to Vince. tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was wanting you to say that because you <laughs> right. did. You did the, You did something about it. You yeah, started serving I, in student I ministry. I did. Yeah. I mean, because he had said to me, you know, you, you can come up with all kinds of excuses. You know, it's easy to come up with an excuse, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, it takes something to show up. Am I there mm-hmm. all the time? No. But uh, you're investing nonetheless. I, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, man, thanks for sharing that stuff. Let's, so let's get a little practical in the end. So he taught, so what the, that lesson, we, I'll try to, I don't do show notes a lot. I'll, I should be able to link that. I'll try to do that. I'll try to link okay. Spencer's talk to this. Cause I think we, that's basically what we've yeah, been referencing. Right. And that, I mean, that it was like talk. a 10, 15 minute. It wasn't very long. Right. Yeah. It was like the end of another session. Yeah. Right. To yeah. break out. Yeah. Um, so basically he taught us how, so yeah, it was the whole rake leaves, dig mm-hmm. and meditate. And I, I, I think this is helpful too. 
with the meditation piece, he was basically saying there's going to be some passages that are hard to understand, and you're yeah. going to have to meditate on them. Break them down. And break them down. And sometimes you need another tool. So he was talking about digging, and mm-hmm. you might run into a rock, and your spade shovel, your regular shovel may not work, so you got to get like a, what do you have, like a pry bar or something? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. It, you got to get something else to flip that rock out. Dynamite. Right? Dynamite. <laughs> another <laughs> tool. That's way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the point is you got to get another tool or resource. Well, here's the deal, man. If you don't know, there's these things called study Bibles, and they're yeah. quite accessible, right? You can buy a heart, you can buy a physical copy, right? Um, or you can, I, I mean, I said a couple weeks ago from this pulpit, like ESV.org, you can go on there and subscribe to their membership for 40 bucks a year, and you get a digital copy on your phone, on your computer, whatever. There's version has some study guide. I mean, you can get access to some sure. good tools that will help. If you don't know what that passage means, there's good tools out there that, they don't have to be on the pastor's shelf in the form of a commentary. There's some really, really good study Bibles out there. The ESV study Bible is one of my favorite tools. I have a physical copy, and I use the, the digital all the time. Um, so there's really no excuse anyway, but it's encouragement. They're like, that's okay. There's going to be passages we all don't understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just preached through Daniel. Like, my head hurt a lot <laughs> right. in this office. Like, what in the world, you know? And, and even Daniel was like, I don't know what that means. Lord. You know, this, 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 so right. that's okay that we don't always know. Well, get some tools figured out, you know? And, and so we can do that. You know, there's nothing that would bring this pastor or any other pastor any more joy than a man come, or anybody coming to their office saying, hey, how do I read the Bible? What are some good resources to, like, that's a pastor's dream question, right? Like, <laughs> sure. please ask that. Yeah, right. So if you want to, if you want help, you want to, you know, know how to get started with that, please do that. So there's some of that. And he basically said, okay, that's how you read it. That's how you study for yourself. Now, turn it around and share it with your family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was this big hook on family discipleship was like, okay, now flip it around and say, here's what I read. Not a lot of prep. Maybe you made some notes. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're just reading a narrative passage to them. But you read it, and then you turn it around and show them, right? right. And that's really how he summed up family discipleship. And you think, man, that's a great idea, Spencer. (laughs) But it was so simple and so profound, and I think all of us were like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Right. That seems doable to me, you know? Putting together a Bible study or discipling, you do family discipleship. That sounds really intimidating, and uh, I don't know how to start. I don't know, what, you know, mm. what's my expectations? How many songs do we sing? You know, like, right? Uh, <laughs> Can I sing a special? Right? Who's opening in prayer? No, no answer is always no. <laughs> Amazing grace. Um, that is for your quiet time. That's okay. That specifically <laughs> falls into the. I'm just but anyway, yeah, it was super. It was super helpful, I thought. And mm-hmm. so that's literally what it says. It's like, hey, make some time, study a little bit yourself, and then turn around, share it with your family. It doesn't have to be profound. And, and guess what? If they ask a question you don't know, there's tomorrow. Just right. say, you know what? I don't know, but Daddy's gonna try to find out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then tell them how you found out. Mm-hmm. If you opened a study Bible, or if you called me, or if you, call, you know, that's discipling them. Sure. Yep. That's showing them how to to learn and how to follow the Lord, right? Like so And how to get the answers to questions yeah. you, you don't know already know. Like that's a good skill to teach your kids. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I it's inspiring to me to, you know, get back at it. I mean, we are we're not a regular everyday family. I, like I said, Advent really helped 
our family. If you got little kids, Jesus Storybook Bible is a great resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some here at the church. If you come to the journey, we'd be glad to give you some, give you one. Um, there's other resources out there, though. I mean, but here's if you got a Bible, just open and start reading one of the Gospels. Just read right. read a quick passage about Jesus. You know what what Jesus did, and then talk about it. Kids, what a question? Like, what do you think about that? What you know, and then maybe you pray. Maybe you do. I mean, YouTube's a b- beautiful thing. Like you. I mean, some families. I know the, the Cook family. Like they do, th- that's they do that part really well as far as family worship. Like they're, yeah. they worship together regularly, you know. But I know Jason was talking about like, all right, I got to get the Bible open too, you know. But sure. and so some of us do different parts. We're inclined to do that better. But I mean, it doesn't have to be everybody sit in a row and stare at the TV and dance. I mean, that's mm-hmm. fun too. I mean, some of my favorite things about at you know different family discipleship is like we're gonna turn on a fun song and we're gonna. We're going to dance as we worship the Lord. It doesn't have to be this altar call, super serious. <laughs> yeah. The Lord might do that too. I mean, right. you know, my oldest kid came, you know, came home from church and, you know, it was just like, man, how does my name, like, what if I'm not in the Lamb's Book of Life, you know? Why? Because she mm-hmm. heard that in Journey Kids. Sure. Uh, and now we got a conversation about salvation. And, you know what I mean? So, so that was a holy moment. That was a beautiful night. But not every night's like that. Sometimes we just sing and dance and, have fun and 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 maybe we pray. You know, there's mission. You can pray for a missionary. You can pray for you teaching to pray. I, it's just it's don't make it harder than it has to be. I think that was a big, the yeah. big E on the eye chart that all of us had, had missed. Is we're just right. making it too complicated. Yeah. What are you guys working on right now? Like what? So as we have this conversation, what was like? Oh yeah, I got to get back to that. What do you? Let's talk about the struggle just a little bit as we end. Nick, you alluded to it a little bit. It's not been as cons- so. It's consistency. Is that? Oh yeah, that's that's my problem is consistency with you know reading the word with with my family. Um, like I said, I was gung ho in the beginning, but you know it's just kind of trailed off. To well, it's hmm. just time to go yep. to church and let Jordan read to us. So. <laughs> no, I I struggle with that too. So yeah, it's uh, we need to do that as a family. I think to create that consistency because. We want to create in our kids. They they need to have their own relationship with Christ. Yeah. So if we don't instill that in them, and they leave our homes, yeah. Then what are they going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. they're coming now because we are. Yeah. You know, but once they're on their own, and that's something that's always on my heart. So. Yeah, and I think a practical piece of advice for that is like look at like don't don't try to do what somebody else does. Look at your own family's rhythms. Mm-hmm. And be intentional about that. Yeah. So right. it may work well for some families to do that at breakfast. It may not for mm. your family, right? Yeah. It may work well for some families to do that at bedtime, but it may not for right. your family. And and there may be, you know, some of my kids can do that, and some of them can't. Some of them I need to read the storybook Bible. Some of them we can crack open a, you know, just a regular Bible a book. Of, you know, sure. so you're gonna have to be studying your context and your 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 own family and going okay here's here's where we have some margin or here's where we're going to make margin here's what we're going to stop yep. doing right or we're going right. to we're going to commit to this and you know i think if and then also give yourself some grace and you know if two to three nights is better than zero two to mm-hmm. three nights a week is, is far better than the none <laughs> right, right? Yep. one night a week is far better than none right so like give yourself some and frankly, three nights a month is far better than you know what I mean. Right. So, and not that you just want to keep diluting it down, but like keep going. You know what I mean. And, you got to start somewhere. Yep, exactly. And yep. and you know, I, 
Pastor Dan used to always tell the story of when young and hearing about the hour of power and these guys trying to pray for an hour. He's like, man, I, you know, he tried to do that like five minutes in. He's bailing and talking to his mentor, you know, and he's like, I can't do it for an hour. He's like, well, why don't you start with 10 minutes? Why don't you start with five minutes? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's okay, right? Yeah. So you might not cover the book of Romans. That's deep waters, right? But, man, start with the gospel of Matthew or John. Like, there's just some mm -hmm. really beautiful stories that mm -hmm. talk about the awesomeness of Jesus, yeah. right? Right. You just read them and talk about them, and it, it might be a five-minute conversation with your kids. Cool. No right. big deal. Let's move on, right? Because um, when, you, when you think of it, you know, and just, you know, just even just 1% better each day, just try to do it 1% better than the day before. I mean, that's going to add up over time. You know, so if you're at nothing, mm -hmm. you're getting the ball rolling. Yep. And so I think let's let's leave every man with some encouragement there. What what is some time in your day that you can redeem? And I mean, be practical. I'm talking about the toilet, even right. Like sure. You're gonna yeah. sit on that thing for a few minutes every day, right? Yep. All right. Make a commitment to leave your dog on phone outside of the bathroom yep. and take your Bible instead. Mm -hmm. There you go. You got to right. win. Yeah. Right. Right. You read, a, you read a short passage, you think about it, and you schedule some time to talk about it with your kids. Maybe maybe you do that in the car mm -hmm. yep. on the way to school. Yeah. Right. And maybe you play it over a, a version Audible. Maybe you say, hey, let's listen to this passage real quick On if you got to commute. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. The point is figure out what, where you have. Right. Where, where can you, what time can you redeem in your day and in your family's rhythms to – work in some some discipleship right. and then let it work for you like like i said if it's in the car if it's right before bed yeah whatever works that's okay it read deuteronomy 6 6 through 9 it's actually pretty freeing it's like mm -hmm. hey just do it as you do life sure just do it mm -hmm. and even the great commission the whole go and make disciples that go that's a participle it means as you go like it we always think mm -hmm. about this mission trip thing you know okay i gotta pack up and go and i'm spending all my time like trying no it's, it's really more as you go like right. you do what you do go where you go do what you know live it's the life of, you live it's kind of make free. disciples as you do that it is really freeing mm -hmm. yeah so another practical way too is like just throw a bible verse up on your fridge oh yeah or something mm. that everyone's going to walk by I mean, we don't do that in my house, but I've seen people that do that. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah. No, uh, yeah. And so along that lines, I'm glad you remind me. So there's another good tool called the New City Catechism. Um, and so you can download the app for free, get on your phone, iPad, whatever. Um, and it's just short questions. So a catechism, if you're not some, some more familiar with that than not, it's basically just uh, a, a systematic learning, you know, of, uh, building block foundational learnings of, of theology. And so it just starts out with who is God? Mm -hmm. Right, he's the creator of all things. Right, right. So it's that simple. And there's a kids' version, and so it's really simple. So I bought a chalkboard, and we put that up in by our dining room table. And I haven't been as consistent with it um, the summer that we've not done it as well. Uh, and the markers I bought were hard to get off. Anyway, here they go with my excuses. <laughs> but nonetheless, so what? So we just tried to do one of those a week. So we write that question up there, sure. and eat, and so we don't even eat dinner at the table every night because whatever chaos but when we do hey kids wh who's God yeah and they remember the question or read it and and then I try to erase then like later in the week you erase the answer you erase you know what I mean and just have the question and you know that that was yeah. good we've we've not stuck with that as consistently but it's a great tool so new, a new city catechism yep. great right. tool and that, that's something we've been doing um again school year's a lot more structured yeah than the summertime um but that's something that we've been doing as we go to bed as okay. we take the kids to bed, you know, ask a question, maybe two, three. And, and that's something that, 
you know, even my five-year-old, she will ask, like, Daddy, are we doing questions tonight? Yep. Daddy, are we doing questions tonight? And, I mean, that's, we're, you know, she does it now, and that's a punch to my gut of, like, if I'm just trying to hurry up and get him to bed because I'm tired. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. All right, guys. It's good stuff. I appreciate y'all yeah. coming on and sharing. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully this will be helpful for some guys and cultivate some more conversation. And, um, you know, I think we – I think the other thing is men's like we we can push each other right like we don't want to we don't want to get to judges two ten moment and and think that yeah I, I should have called I should have called Nick out or I should have called Adam out I, you know right. like we laughed about him not being consistent instead we should be like all right roll well, man up and get it you know, like <laughs> we was, let's treat each other as men like let's call each other out and yeah. and and hold each other accountable like we can do that as men you know and, and part of that is find out who you're in community with not find out. You should be a community, <laughs> but have a conversation with them. Hey, this is what this is what I'm gonna be doing. Will you ask me about it, right? So I got a yeah. reminder on my phone. Um, you know, one of our elders like, hey, my deep Bible study times on Saturday. Like, and how can we serve one another? Just check in, ask if I do that. So every Saturday, 10 a.m. goes off. Text, I text him. Hey man, did you read your Bible today? Nope, but I'm about to. Thanks for texting. You know what I mean? It's, sure. it, it could be that simple a way of like yeah. uh, just just laying your plan out to to somebody you're in community with, and then holding each other accountable to that through some simple text encouragement. You know, maybe kicking them in, in the crotch. You know, whatever 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 it takes. You know, it's worth it. It's worth it being is, sure. honest yeah. with each other. It's worth being <laughs> harsh with each other. It's it, it's worth stopping to laugh. Like let's not take let's let's not take this as a joke anymore. Like let's be. Let's take this as a, a, a responsibility the Lord's given us, and let's let's develop. I mean, that's a priority for our church this year is, is develop a culture of, of men taking responsibility for their families. And so, this is part of that conversation. We're going to keep doing some more, but yeah, man, let's let's do this together, and then that's going to have huge implications for just the rest of our, our church life, our family life, and um, marriages. I, I venture to say almost all of our our wives would think it's pretty sexy. We're reading the Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just wins all around. I'm just That's saying right. wins all around. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and uh, doing this um, basically twice. <laughs> Should we do it <laughs> One again? One and a half. <laughs> One more time? <laughs> One more time? Maybe. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, man.